What's up, everybody? My name is Aaron, and this is Diner Discussions. So if you're new here, welcome in. Grab a seat. Uh, we'll slide you some pancakes, get you some coffee. Um, but until then, uh, we have someone here that that I have been so excited to have on. Actually had him on before and uh, totally messed up the audio, so... This is all uh, redone, but you would have never known that had I not said it. Uh, so do you want to introduce know. yourself? Yeah, what's up? Uh, I am Scuff Mixon. I am a writer, musician, uh, and artist in general. Yeah. Um, found you on TikTok, strangely enough. I think you just talked about how you had moved over to TikTok recently. and uh, Yeah, like... Super recently, like January, pretty much like December of this past year. Yeah. So a couple months. Yeah, just discovered um, Magnificent and then went back through your discography and uh, listened to like Timber and then some of your early stuff and uh, was like, man, I got to get him on the show. So. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't that hard. I was was more than willing, man. I, I had a great time. Now that we already outed ourselves, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really fun yesterday, yeah. and uh, we're back at it today. Yeah. Just, yeah, liked it so much, came back. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you you erased it on purpose. You yeah. can tell me, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll admit, you know, I didn't even need an intro. We already had the old one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like I said, I mean, I do appreciate you like going back and checking out the other stuff. Though, I think it's cool that some people have gone back into discography because obviously timber is one of many songs i've written it's just kind of the first one that uh anyone really heard i guess so i'm hoping people kind of backtrack and and check out the other stuff i think if you like magnificent you'll probably like quite a few other songs so fingers crossed yeah that's what i was gonna say too is um you know a lot of people that i that i listen to when you listen to their new stuff and you're like, Oh, I really like this. And then you go back past a certain point, it kind of becomes like almost like garage band sounding, you know, like the kind of like, early yeah, days. you hear the best stuff first yeah. and then, but it wasn't go like back that and with it you. Hit. Yeah. It wasn't like that Thank with you. you. Like, uh, <laughs> I just kept finding more songs. I was like, Ooh, I got to add this to the playlist. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. That, that, I mean, that is in my opinion, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm going for the timeless stuff just because I'm not really, I don't really want to do the one like blow up on a song and then no one really gives a shit about anything else you did. So, um, you know, I'm trying to, trying to put it all into every, every release. And that's kind of why there's no album yet is, you know, I, I, I'm just really taking my time with that. Plus I was, I didn't want to release it to the wind. Like, uh, we kind of had talked about just, it's tough when you release like a bunch of stuff that you just like, you care so much about and you know you deep down it's like i do i do it for me and i haven't had people listening for 10 years so obviously i i would do it either way but you always hope that people connect so yeah um that's that's the goal with every single release yeah and um some gold that people didn't get to hear was my um my analogy of the legos uh so when I was younger, I had a bunch of Lego and I would build them and then I would go to my mom and say, hey, I need more. And she would be, you know, kind of confused. Why do you need more Lego? Well, 
I've built all of the ones I could make out of the ones you gave me. And she's like, you're supposed to make more. And I'm like, but I love them and <laughs> put them on the shelf. So that's kind of like how you feel with your music, I think. Oh, yeah, dude. You just get so, like, attached to things. Even, like, um, I'm, like, kind of redoing an idea that I had a couple months back. And I'm so attached to the idea that is down, that's, that I already laid down. And it's so hard to get that out of my head. I'm trying to just be like, you know, yeah, this, and I don't even, I'm not in love with it. I'm just used to it. Yeah. So it's like, but you get so, have you ever seen that sand art that like, it's like, uh, they'll like take months on like this sand art and then they just like wipe it away. Oh yeah. And oh dude, it's just like, it's an absolute, it is a hard pill to swallow for me to watch those videos. Cause it's just the most like intricate, beautiful artwork in the world. And, and then they just like, they just blow it away yeah. and that's it. And it's all about like not being attached. And I'm like, Oh man, that's something I got to work on. Cause yeah. I definitely get attached. Yeah. It's hard. You know, once, once a month we always have like a house cleaning, uh, my wife, She'll watch a YouTube video of like, you know, Marie Kondo or somebody and come in with a list of things we need to get rid of. And uh, <laughs> there's certain things like stuff from high school. You know, I have like old notebooks and stuff of just yeah stuff that I've written down and half of it. I don't know. Like it's like numbers. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is for. Uh, but there's yeah. some kind of attachment to it. Like maybe one day I'll remember what the, all this is. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll use this math equation that yeah. I have written in my 11th grade notebook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that same way, man. I, I like, I save Christmas cards, you know, for my grandpa that are yeah. just like, love you. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And like, it's nothing like crazy sentimental. It's just like, oh, it's like hard to throw things away sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's, it can be tough, especially if you've, um, had it for a while. I feel like the longer you keep something, the harder it is to get rid of. Absolutely. Yeah. But, Definitely grow attached, man. I have like a whole little box of stuff like that. Yeah. And half of it, I'm just like, why do I even have this? But I can't get rid of it now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, um, where are you from? Uh, at least tell the listeners cause I already know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, um, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and then my family kind of moved, moved us a little bit out of the city because where we were just like, wasn't amazing. My, my dad moved around a lot and, um, his family was like, uh, pretty poor. So we kind of started off in, in a rougher neighborhood. And then like my family kind of moved out to a suburb. Um, and then come 19, I moved to Chicago and now I, I was out there for about six years and, now I'm back in Cleveland, uh, living in what used to be the not great neighborhoods, but they're, they're all right now. And Cleveland's doing its thing. We're really trying to, to come up from the underdog, you yeah. know, uh, underdog city. I think we're, we're on the right path. Yeah. So I'm back home and, uh, trying to do the thing in, in Cleveland now. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, outside of Cleveland, and probably even Ohio, uh, Cleveland doesn't really have like a bad stigma, at least from where I'm at in Oklahoma, you know, cause you have the Browns, you know, LeBron, and they're all trying to make the city great again. Um, you know, LeBron, yeah, LeBron did do a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. 
he did a lot of a lot of stuff. Like I mean, I don't, of course he gets a lot of hate, but I I don't hold anything against him. It's like, dude, he came here, did what he said he was going to do. He helped people along the way. He helped build the city up, and then as far as I'm concerned, you know, he just uh, did what was what he thought was right for the career and. Uh, yeah, I think he made his impact on Cleveland. You never know. That dude will probably come back just, yeah. just for one more hurrah, you know? Well, um, is there is there a reason that you came back to Cleveland when, when you were in Chicago? Yeah. Um, it, was, it was kind of a 50-50 thing where it was uh, – I had felt like I did what I wanted to do in Chicago, which was experience a new city, uh, you know, meet some different musicians. I kind of went out there to chase the music thing. And I, the, the Cleveland scene was just kind of dying out back then. It wasn't great. Uh, we lost a lot of good venues. So like I went out to Chicago and, and started a band with a couple friends and, um, it was awesome. And it was, I think I had said, like, it was kind of the love-hate. It was, like, the best times of my life mixed with the hardest times of my life and the hardest lessons I, I had ever learned. And it was just a, a definite struggle. But I think I learned a ton and, like, grew up a lot in Chicago to where I just could kind of handle myself better. And, um, and it, it took a lot of, like, hard lessons to get there. But... Um, yeah, so I kind of had felt like, uh, the band broke up. We were together for a couple of years. It was amazing. We all started kind of like some of them graduated. Some of them went, you know, and we're doing these, uh, jobs in different States and it just kind of, you know, we all got pulled in different directions. Still love those dudes to death. And, um, yeah, so that was kind of 50% of it was like, well, a lot of my friends moved out of Chicago. A lot of what I built here. Like we, we did it and now it's, now it's over. And like, I kind of started feeling like I started missing home and a lot of my friends leaving kind of made me feel a little more lonely in Chicago. And, uh, yeah. So like job well done, dude, let's get out of here type of thing. And during that whole process of deciding to move back home, I guess was, um, my grandma who passed, uh, last year, thank, you know, Thank God I moved home. She was getting really bad Alzheimer's. And uh, I just really wanted to spend time with her before she, like, forgot who I was. Uh, she was I was really close to my grandma and grandpa. So uh, my mom's mom and dad. My, my dad's parents passed. Uh, I met my grandma, but I never met my grandpa on his side. So, And then, uh, yeah, like, my best friend was also dealing with um, – he had – uh, got he had a brain tumor and it was just like a really scary time and uh, my sister was getting married you know I just really felt like it was time for me to come home and and be there for those things and um, you know luckily everything timed up to where you know it worked out it was devastating to lose my band but it ended up yeah. being a blessing in disguise type of thing where I could come home and, and do what I had to do and be with who I needed to be with. And, uh, yeah, so I'm grateful for like the timeline of everything and how it happened and back home feeling good, you know, about being here. 
and having a totally different experience and just uh, trying to do things right this time around yeah. and before I head out for the next adventure. Who knows? Yeah. Like Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma, man. I drink the out there. Let's go. The, the other O-State that, you know, kind of close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to stick together. I think we still got all of our uh, – uh, the cornfields and uh, yeah. all the stereotypes of our <laughs> of our state. So, um, we at Diner Discussions have like, um, you know, a fan base that that we really love. But um, every once in a while, we'll get like a negative response on something. How what, how is how do you deal with like that negative energy? Um, like you know, not like a critique, but like someone just saying, "Oh man, you suck." Like, does that resonate with you? Like, do does it take a day to like shake it off, or is it something that you're just like, "Man, this is part of it." Uh <laughs> it's like so relevant <laughs> to my life right now because obviously, with you know, uh, the new song like doing well. I, it, it's crazy because like, I, I just made a TikTok in, you know, a couple months ago and started posting my stuff thinking, you know, whatever I've been posting on MySpace, Facebook, Instagram, you know, every single thing that's come about, I've tried to, you know, put my, put my music on there and stuff. And it's like TikTok, same thing. Like you said, you know, we, I had nobody there. And I posted that video and all of a sudden there was people like you and all these wonderful, supportive, loving, caring people. And I was like, holy shit, I can't believe, like, I've been waiting for you guys. Like, I've been looking for you guys forever, you know? And and then came the, you know, uh, just the absolute, like, party poopers just coming in and you know like does it resonate i mean i see it and like do i like it no i think it's bullshit but like the way i look at it is i left one negative comment on the internet on someone else's video when i was like 19 or 20 yeah and that dude put out a song and i in my opinion, I was like, I thought it was a joke. And then I realized it wasn't. And I was just like, man, that's, you know, and I decided to say something and I was like, you know, you should not make music or something. And then it was like two months later, that dude was at my concert to see me and he bought me a shot and he was like, Hey man, what's up? Do you know who I am? And I was like, no man, what's up? I'm, you know, I'm And he was like, yeah, man, you, um, you commented on one of my videos and like told me I shouldn't make music. And I was like, oh shit. And I just like stopped dead in my tracks and was like, I felt horrible because the dude came at me with just such a great, positive, loving energy. He was like, dude, you killed it tonight. Like I got you a shot. And then when I figured out, you know, when he told me who he was, I was like, I put it together and I just, I felt like the biggest piece of shit in the world, dude. I was like, why? I have every right to not like it. Mm. but like why do i feel the need why did i feel the need and you know and i know now because when at that age i was going through a lot of shit and i was just personally not happy i was angry 
So I think that because that one tiny thing happened, and I apologize to him, I took the comment down. We had a couple shots that night. Coolest dude, nicest kid. You know, we laughed about it, whatever. And like, ever since then, I was like, I'm never going to put that negativity on anyone's page ever. That's just trying to have a good time, joke around, make serious art funny. I don't care what it is. It's just not my place to tell someone what they should or shouldn't do. And, um, so, you know, that being said, like I had a couple comments on the video I just posted of a song, uh, with this, with this guy, Captain MC quitter on, uh, TikTok, he's an incredible musician all around, but we ended up making a song together literally about both of our dads passing away, uh, two totally different stories. And, you know, I just get a couple comments and it's like, bro, this is fucking terrible and shit. And I'm just like, bro, like, do you have a dad? Cause I want to talk to him. Like, I want to talk to him. I just, I just want to ask him like, why you're like this, you know? But uh, I kind of been trying to like promise myself that I'm not gonna. I don't comment back. I don't even because because it's like you go to their page. They haven't posted anything. They have no followers. They're following a couple people. It's like they made this page to be a dickhead. Yeah. And it's like I'm realizing how many people do that, and I think it's really it's like a sad thing. But I don't know. I just feel like that comes from an inward place. It's like, I don't expect everyone to like my music. Yeah. Not even by a mile, dude. Like, I know people are going to hear it and go, ugh. But, like, I hear music and go, ugh. Everyone hears shit and goes, ooh, or ugh. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, I'm just trying my hardest not to be a fucking hater and not to put that energy into the world because it's like, everyone looks at that person and just goes, what's your deal, man? You know, like, what are you so pissed off about? Or what yeah. are you so, why do you come in here and just be that way? <laughs> yeah, I have a so, couple thoughts on that um, to, like, a kind of elaborate yeah. on your point. Um, like, as someone who creates content and puts a lot of effort into it, I think now it's more clear than ever that every sketch video that you watch, every person, even the person that's just grabbing a guitar and singing, um, sure. the amount of time that it takes to make that video, sit down and commit to it, and then edit it or whatever, you know, and get it out there. That's a lot of time that that person spent. And they obviously thought it was good enough to put out. So my two second viewing of that video and then being like, Oh, this is not for me. I scroll away. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to devote the next minute to like sitting there talking on, on their comments. Um, I heard somebody actually say something that cracked me up and they were like, the loneliest man in the world is a person that comments on a porn video on you on like on the internet. (laughs) And I was like, like it took me a second to realize like how profound that statement is because you know, how lonely are you that you can't just scroll that you need the attention of the creator by putting a negative thing out there. Cause you want a reaction or you wouldn't say it. You know, right, yeah. And, and so it's like, it's totally what? changed my mind. <laughs> what, what, what is your input on the porno, bro? Like, I want to I wanna know. Please yeah. tell me. Do you think I should have moaned more? Like, get the hell out of here, dude. Yeah. So funny. That holds a lot of weight. I feel that. Yeah, and it's funny because he was like, and you, like, he goes, have you ever scrolled through and looked? And I was like, no, I can't say that I have. And he was like, <laughs> a lot of them are just like, Oh, she's hot or nice, and it's like, dude, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what? Uh, it's like, 
I like the way you do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Most of those oh, girls God. probably never look at those comments. So, buddy, um, if if you're listening and that's you, I got news for right. you. Um, you might want to put your efforts towards something different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's better comment sections for sure. Yeah. That's hilarious. But, yeah, I mean, it just it comes from a place of, of the desire to be noticed. I think um, there's a lot of people that feel like they're shouting into the void, especially since, you know, COVID hit and everybody had to spend time alone. So, I mean, um, there's a lot of people yeah. out there that are desperate for attention. And unfortunately the, you know, when you're younger, that negative reinforcement of, you know, if you piss someone off or hurt someone's feelings, mm-hmm. they, they will react to you most of the time. Um, and right. so, like you said, not commenting on it kind of, just makes it go away, I think, most of the time. Because you're not giving yeah, them that like, justification. Yeah, I'm not going to change their mind and turn them into, you know, yeah. oh, I lo- actually, I do love your songs. Yeah. Like, so I don't, you know, I don't care. I, I didn't write it. Obviously, I didn't write it for you. Yeah. That's, that's how I've, I've gotten little bits of that my whole life. You know, I grew up playing, like, heavier music and stuff. So, I, you know, I had, I was one of the only kids in my school wearing my sister's pants, you know, like I would steal my sister's pants. Like, you know, I was doing that shit six, four, 15, 17 years ago, you yeah. know? And yeah. like, now it's cool again. Yeah. And I'm like, well, when I did it, it was not the fuck cool. Yeah. Everyone made fun of me. I had emo beat up day at school. <laughs> you guys have that now? No, <laughs> like hell no. Now you guys play like emo cloud trap at your graduation. Yeah. So like, it's just, you know, it's, it's so funny, but yeah, it's, uh, it's come full circle now again. And it's, it's weird. I never really left this, like, you know, like more emotional music. That's just what I do. That's what comes out of me. And like, I also think it's funny cause like, you know, uh, hopefully you got that vibe and maybe that's why you had me on like, Oh dude, it seems chill and stuff. But I feel like people sometimes, you know, if you just listen to my music and you don't, watch the videos and you don't kind of like follow me or something it's like pretty dark but i feel like i have learned to get a lot of my like darkness out of me Mm -hmm. through my music so that me in real life as a friend as a boyfriend as a son as a brother like as a human being i just can be better and not walk around with this you know cynical like oh life is fucked up yeah and like i'm fucked up out here um you know like yeah. that's how that's that's kind of how i used to be i just had a negative look on shit and i don't know when i started changing that and putting like everything into the music i was kind of just more like man this really helps me out to be it, it, it truly is an outlet uh where a lot of my negative energy just escapes and and I can also turn that negative energy into a positive yeah. energy, which I think is, you know, magnificent was written out of a weird kind of dark place that I was in. But I was like, I don't want to write a dark song. I want to write something that's going to pull me out of this. Like, you know, why is life so hard? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I want something that's going to motivate me to feel good on a daily basis and not, you know, um, not just put me in like a misery hole of darkness and plague. And, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, I think everyone needs that, that release valve. Um, I think 
the people that end up doing like the horrible things in life, like school shootings and stuff. Yes, there's mental illness, but not a lot of Absolutely. it is not having a positive, you know, thing like a right. a place to put all that negativity and all the stuff that you go through. Because I mean, everybody goes through crap in their own way, and that's why people that are like, oh, well, you you know, your life's not as hard as mine. I feel like that's frustrating for me because um, pain and suffering is relative. Um, I really sure. do believe that. I think, you know, like a newborn baby, the reason why they cry is because every little pain they feel is literally the worst thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah. And, and when you Dude, start thinking, so yeah, when you start thinking like that with other people, they didn't like, you know, they didn't experience this growing up. So now that they're an adult, you know, something that happens to them, they've never had, they don't have a, like a reference for it. It's literally mm-hmm. the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And so without a productive place to put all that stuff or, you know, an outlet, like you said, um, it can build up and it becomes kind of hard to, you know, control after a while. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it's, uh, it's all, it, it is all so relative. Like obviously certain people have it way harder than I do, but it is, it, I, there's no question about that. But uh, I like what you said and, and something my producer said to me the other day when I when we I brought him the song that I'd written about my, my dad, which is like the first time I really captured how I felt about that moment and losing my pops and stuff. Like he was like, Man, you know, this is like already touching a lot of people and I mean I fucking bawled my eyes out like four times reading <laughs> the comments on my on my TikTok. So yeah. like you know, I was just like, damn, like people are relating and, you know, I felt, I feel like I healed through recording this song in a sense where I just dealt with it head on. And, you know, I was crying every 15 minutes all night trying to record this fucking song, dude. Yeah. But like, and I've, I've never really done that with that. So like, but you know, so he was like, this is going to, you know, affect a lot of people, dude. Like this is, and, and he actually, you know, not to put his business out there, but have the same experience. You know, we bonded over that as well. His, his father passing. And he was like, dude, I mean, death is the great equalizer. Pain is the great equalizer. And I think that's so true. Like, you know, uh, like you said about the baby, it's like, uh, same thing with a comment, you know, this person might see a comment and it will destroy them, destroy them some guy on the internet that just absolutely ruined you for a week or something, you know? And, and that's very possible, but like someone like me, I'll see it and go, Oh, my heart, fuck you. Bye. And then I'm out. And I I just try to, but like right there is just, you can't really compare, um, pain. It's like, everyone feels it so differently. It's like, Uh I'm a tattoo artist and people always ask me when they come to get tatted, they're like, is this going to hurt? And I'm like, I don't know. Are you, do you take pain? Well, <laughs> like, I, I cannot tell you it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt more than getting a massage. Like, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, it may be like the worst experience they've had. Cause they've never even had anything over a paper cut. And some guys like arm got, you know, sawed off and he's just like, Oh, bring it on dude. Pain is awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's Seriously, though. completely yeah. like, yeah, it's an impossible question to answer. Yeah, it is. It is. But I do think having a hobby, like you said, is, is, is the, one of the biggest things that you can do 
to like for you like whether it's fucking knitting or origami like do you know how many things i've tried me and my roommate when i lived with him my buddy would just come home one day and you just have a whole ass bag full of knitting stuff. And he's like, yeah, I found this at a garage sale. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's winter, dude. I'm going to knit a scarf and just see if I can. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I'm about to, I'm about to do some crazy origami. And we would just try shit. Yeah. And like, and we're, this was not like, we weren't young. This was like within the past couple of years, you know, like, I feel like I'm always trying. I just tried pottery with my girlfriend the other day. Like she is a killer. Uh, what do you call it? Pot, uh, pottery pot, potish i know it's uh, not pothead that's the wrong phrase but <laughs> <laughs> she's, yeah, definitely no i'm pothead she's she's a uh ceramicist yeah. i don't know man but she does it well yeah and uh the other day like i finally just had a little bit of free time and she's like you want to try something i was like fuck yeah and like dude a half hour in i'm like this is so this is the most relaxing shit i've done in months yeah like literally and it's just weird, man. Like everyone always says shit to me, like, "Oh, you're so, you're so creative, bro." Like, I wish I had something like that. And I'm like, "Bro, you're a carpenter. You can build a house." Dude. Yeah. Like, if the world ends, I can't build a house. <laughs> okay. If the world ends, I'll make a nice, pretty song, dry up on a beach somewhere. Yeah. Like, and I, dude, you're gonna build a new house and a fire yeah. and like keep your family warm, <laughs> like. Everyone's got their shit. You just yeah. got to find it, man. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. Like you just said, um, thinking about that, like what do I bring? Um, I can do a play-by-play of people while they're building the house, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it. it's funny to think that people allow fear to stop them from doing new things. And I think mine was always the fear of yeah. sucking at something at first. But no one expects just, anything else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know, once you it get would past be like that, the, it like unlocks so many doors. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I couldn't agree more. It you know, uh fear still gets the best of me sometimes. Oh, yeah, you know? of course. It, 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 it's just overcoming one little thing at a time. It's like, dude, I jumped out of a plane with my drummer. He called me. And I'm literally, it's a beautiful summer day, so let's set the scene. Sunny day in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, sitting on the patio. I may have had like a day beer. I was feeling good. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I don't got shit to do. Let's have a day beer. I'm going to write. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm writing a song. Got my acoustic guitar. My neighbors are like, shut the fuck up, dude. And he calls me and he just goes, hey, dude, what are you doing? And he sounded like, in trouble yeah. i was like uh uh nothing what are you doing and he was like do you want to jump out of a plane with me and i was like uh yes i think i do and he was like okay well, i'm gonna come pick you up and i was like oh you're talking about today <laughs> and he was like yes i'm talking about like a half hour from now we're driving there i was like and he's like dude i will pay for you i want to experience this and I want to experience it with someone who's going to take it in with me. And I know you'll take it in with me. And I was like, dude, I was like, all right. And I've always had this thought because back to my pop, shout out my dad. Uh, he was in the air force and taught people how to jump from the plane. And you know, he was a parachute instructor. Yeah. So I always kind of felt like, damn, I kind of want to do that. You know, I want to yeah. try it. 
my dad used to do it 10 times a day. And uh, so, dude, we're up there. And I'm not nervous at all. Like, I'm straight up just, like, so fucking ready. And we are in this tiny plane. The pilot is, like, 21 years old. He's got, I got, like, years on this pilot. And I'm just like, oh, my God. It's rattling. We're, like, butch to nuts in this thing. Just all, like, smashed in this plane. Yeah. I got, I think his name was Juan, attached to me. Some guy I never met. And I'm just, like, ready to go, dude. So he starts giving us the speech. He goes, uh, as soon as that door opens, the first reaction you're going to have is to grab the doors. Yeah. Do not fucking grab the door. <laughs> and he, like, stressed this to me. And I was like, got you, bro. I was like, I'm ready. So I got my arms like this, and the door opens. And, dude, the feeling I got was just, like, I cannot explain. It was like every drug in the world hit me at once. Yeah. And, and it was just like, bro, you're going to die. Don't do it. And my arms just went straight out, dude. And I was just like, I was X'd out on this door. And he just fucking boot kicked me out the plane. <laughs> and, dude, the first 10 seconds is like, I don't even know. I couldn't tell time. It felt like I was up there forever yeah. until I hit the ground. And then it was like over. But, like, it was the absolute fucking craziest thing ever and i 100 percent would have bitched out if that dude let me yeah because of fear i got so scared dude i was like oh my i'm like my ass is coming out my mouth right now yeah. dude i am so i've never been this scared and to this day by far the best one of the coolest things i've ever done in my life and uh i would recommend that to anyone dude yeah. shout out my boy for taking me that was that was amazing. And I went with his buddy who I'd never met and he just heard magnificent. And it was the funniest thing. He just writes me out of nowhere. I've not talked to this dude since we jumped out of a plane together. Yeah. Never seen him again. And he goes, Hey man, just heard your new song. Uh, you know, I haven't, haven't talked to you since we jumped out of that plane together. I just wanted to tell you song is awesome, man. It really hit me hard. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, man. I was like, that's amazing. It was just like the funniest out of context, yeah. you know, little, but uh oh man i i got i get like i'm shaking right now i'm like buzzing thinking about it it's high for real yeah it's funny you used to talk about grabbing the door even though you know it's not supposed to um like survival instincts are so funny how they work and how they're like unconscious sometimes um yeah i've done some pretty dumb things at the last moment i was we were doing this um this uh course this ropes course and there was one that was like a hundred and something feet tall and so you know I'm, I'm real skinny back then so i wasn't worried about like you know breaking the rope or anything like i would be today sure. but the guy i'm like I'm, t I'm like talk to me just tell me you know like what to expect uh like will the wind be like higher up there or something tell me i'm okay yeah and he was like <laughs> Well, he goes, I've been doing this uh, for like six years and I, and uh, nobody's died yet. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and he said that right as I'm starting to go up. And I was like, wait, what? Yet? <laughs> That's an open ended. Yeah, that statement. one word. <laughs> I was like, are you expecting me to die? Like, what is, you know, all these questions are running through my head. But yeah, I, when you jump off at the top. Um, they kind of let you fall for a little bit before they, you know, take out the slack. Give you tension, yeah. Yeah, and it was like probably the closest I've ever gotten to like jumping out of a plane or anything like that because 
Um, I just haven't had the opportunity to do it. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, if you reach full speed, like, I feel like if you've ever reached a full speed fall, like, if you can possibly imagine doing that for, like, minutes. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you've ever fallen off a roof, hopefully you haven't. But, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like, it's... It's that, but just stretched out forever. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a, it's like an acid trip. I just can't put it into words, really. You know, the uh, the only thing I can think of that could be more intense and terrifying than that, um, that's kind of similar. Is have you seen those people that like fly down the mountains, like on the with the um, oh, suits the, on? Yeah, yeah, dude, terrifying. I I can't. To me, it's like, what about that one little crest of a hill or something that's just a little higher than the rest, and you're flying that dude, close? What about a bird? Yeah, there's like, no time to anything, react. Dude? Like, dude, I watched like a doc, a short doc about that, and it was uh, like, dude, it was a, it was a couple couples. It was like this group of people that were all, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, blah blah blah, and they all did this shit together. Yeah, and like one by one, they just started dropping like flies head got bashed into this rock uh you know that just kind of came out of nowhere and just yeah. like i don't know you know gust the wind took him and he hit the side of the cave and whatever and it's like they were all like so addicted to the adrenaline that they were like we know that this can happen every time we do it and like yeah. you know i i lost my wife six months ago to doing this and i've done it every day since yeah and i'm just like Oh my God, dude. Like that leaves a crazy pit in my stomach. I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Adrenaline, uh, addiction is a thing. I'm pretty sure. Like, I I mean, I would almost bet. Cause I mean, it's the same thing. Drugs give you serotonin. So would, you know, that. So yeah. Um, but how do you practice for stuff like that? Because those guys are going, they're flying down the hill at like ungodly speed. So it's, I always think about that with shit. I'm like, how do you do that? For the first time, yeah, he's like, "Oh, I'll just try it out." And hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, no, panic man. is a big thing. Like when you're doing something for the first time, panic kind of sets in. There's a moment of like, "Oh my god, this is amazing," and then there's the moment of, "Oh, oh no!" Like I am in the air flying right yeah. now. Like I'm not yeah. meant to do this. <laughs> like humans aren't supposed to do this. And that panic sets nah, in, dude. and that self doubt. <laughs> so I mean, that would be my, you know, my luck is then my body would kind of just go into that flight or fight syndrome, you know, where I'm like, I I would try to stop. Uh, yeah. So I would flailing. It's like baby. the guy that tries to open the, the door on an airplane when they're in the sky. Cause he's panicking. Like you're like, why would you do that? But yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's the worst thing you can do. It's like an instinct, you know, that you can't control. There's just that scared. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. We used to we used to do some dumb shit in Chicago, man. I I definitely like. Uh, I, I guess it's just growing up on Jackass. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know why it's like, oh, this this seems super dangerous. Like, let's do it. I am that dude, and I hate it. And like, I've been trying really hard to chill out a little with like, oh, we would you know be hanging out on the roof in Chicago, just like fucking fourteen stories up. And someone would be like, you won't jump across that building. And like, it's only like a four foot jump. Yeah. But the the other option is just death. Yeah. So it's like, 
you know, like what's, what's the risk. And like, I'm not really trying to impress anyone. I just want to see if I can do it. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like I've kind of stopped taking as many risks. Cause I used to do that a lot. My, and I, uh, it just became a thing where I was like, Oh, I did that four foot one last week. I could do this yeah. six foot one. And, and we're jumping from a little higher. So I have yeah. a little more hang time when, you know, and my friends just started to be like, yo, dog, like you're getting way too comfy. That's when people die. And uh, I was yeah. like, you're right. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I've done that with four wheelers. We used to go to the ATV park and it's like, I think it's like 2000 acres of just like trails and stuff. And, um, Damn, that's huge. Yeah. And so we, we would go and there's a point during that, you know, your experience, if you stay there all day, like we'd get there early in the morning and camp out. And, uh, then we would have, like four or five different wheelers with everybody um, and everybody take turns. There's a point in the day where you kind of become fearless and you need to get off for a yeah. while. And so like, cocky. yeah. And so there was a couple close calls and usually after like the, the second close call, I'm like, okay, this next one's going to, you know, be dangerous. Let's, let's go get, <laughs> let's go get a drink. Let's, you know, go get something to eat. And chill yeah. out by the and truck. get like pissed off. You get like worked up because you're like, "Ooh, I want to land that," or "Ooh, I got to go a little yeah. faster, a little harder." And yeah, dude, four wheelers are wild. I've never like ripped on one. I've ridden one, but I've never gone crazy. My my best friend lives a little more country, Ohio, and yeah. he, uh, dude, he he's messed himself up on on those things. Those are those are definitely adrenaline rushes, from yeah. what I've seen. I would love to. Yeah, everybody wants the big, you know, massive ones until they roll one over on themselves, and then they're like, "Oh, Hell, that's yeah. heavy." <laughs> As, there's Hell, a yeah, girl, dead, there's a girl like I went to high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a girl I went to high school with that was riding an RTV with her family, and it like rolled down a hill on them, and the weight of huh. it like crushed her leg and basically like popped her muscle like a can of biscuits. So she had to have like skin grafts and surgeries and stuff like that it was really sad but now she has this really gnarly scar um and she's what's sad is she's so ashamed of it but like she's so pretty and like it's hard to notice like i mean for everybody else i don't know but it's she's super like insecure about it but um it, it was hard to see the pictures like uh that she was you know showing us that day after or whatever when she was better it was so yeah, it's there's always that risk of like immediate death. I think there's been three kids within like thirty miles of here, like in the last oh my God. six years that have died on them, um, which is not a lot. But that's the one, I mean ones that I know of that were like really sure, bad sure. accidents. Still, yeah, that's still a yeah. That, I mean that's a crazy way to go. And you like I I always just try to like you got to respect the animal, respect the machine and shit because mm-hmm. like. Dude, everything is out to kill us. For yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. everything can kill us if we don't watch out. So, uh, uh, not to you know get people paranoid out yeah. there. I'm just playing, but I'm serious. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching um, Steve O's Wild Ride where he had Manny on from Jackass, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He was talking about how people were like, "Oh yeah, well that that's a a caged tiger that you're grabbing or whatever." And he's like, "There's no such thing as a tame tiger. Like even the ones that." Yeah. You know, like, um, like there, you, the Tiger King actually happened seven miles from my house, um, in Winniewood, Oklahoma. Oh, for real? Yeah. So I actually wow. know him, um, not 
That's crazy. Not well, but I've talked to him a few times. Um, sure, sure. And so, uh, it, wow, like all that crazy. chaos was like right next door to us, like the next town over. And, um, but yeah, wow. there's no such thing. Like he got his butt kicked all the time by tigers. Like he would not pay I'm attention sure. and they'd run up on him and like, you know, roll him up and he'd have to run out and jump over the fence and like stuff like that was always happening. And I know they didn't show it a lot on the videos, but yeah, they're that, that girl, she lost her arm, you know, sticking it in there. Yeah. So yeah. And then she went right yeah. back to work. Yeah. Not, I was like, like days no, later, what? like not even, it wasn't even like a week or anything. Like, <laughs> no, she was just back there like, yeah, well, you know, yeah. at least I got this one. Yeah. Like, that is crazy. But that's, that's the thing, man. Is like people live and die by the shit they want to do, man. And I feel the same way about my art and shit. Yeah. I, will, I will fucking die for this shit. Yeah. And like, if these people love big cats they will they know the risk yeah. they'll die for it it's wild that's crazy so when you talk to him he's very true to what how he was that's just who he is and how yeah. he is yeah he's so, um okay. he's kind of um one of those guys that he thrived and felt in his element when he was being the character uh of you know of the tiger king like that was his I'm sure behind closed doors he was a little calmer, but sure. that place was a constant circus. Like it really was. Um, I, in fact, my parents we went like twice I think when I was younger, and they wouldn't allow us to go back. They, their excuse was that it was like it stunk, you know, and it was kind of unclean. Yeah, but um, sure. it really was because they got like weird vibes. Um, a lot of people felt that way locally. Like, in fact, a lot of people that actually went there on a you know daily basis were out of towners or people from the city coming down sure. to check it out. Sure. But I have like I've told this on the podcast before. Um, but my ex wife actually worked there for a day, and she was in charge of the concession stand. Well, the her manager or whatever the guy, person over. Her, told her to go get a, some meat from the freezer for burgers. So it's like in this back, uh, his studio is right there. And so the freezer yeah. is like in the storage area of the studio. And so she went through the back door and around to the, the freezer and grabbed some burgers and they were shooting a porn with tigers and women oh doing stuff to the God. tigers. And so she threw the meat back in the freezer, went to her car, came home, and didn't talk. Like, was out of character for, like, an hour and a half. She and had, just, like, immediate PTSD. Yeah, I was just like, oh, what? what's, like, God. was it that bad? Like, I figured she got, you know, like, because me and her weren't always kind of, like, we didn't really get along. So, it was kind of like, well, sure. you didn't want to work today, you know, like, what happened? And then yeah. later on, like, I guess the next day she told me, she was like, I seen some crap. Like, <laughs> you're like, Oh shit. So yeah. it wasn't just you, you know, being not wanting to work. Like, dude, if I saw that, I would be out of there. Yeah. Like, what? Cause you don't want to be yeah, like associated with that. Like what the yeah. crap? Next thing you know, you're getting locked up for like watching bestiality yeah. go down or something. Yeah. And it was like, at first, like it was the conversation. I wish I would have recorded it. Cause it was the most, like it was tragic for her, but it was hilarious because I was like, so you're Funny saying they had sure. sex and there were tigers in the room. And she's like, no. And I'm like, so you're saying like <laughs> they were on the tigers having sex. And she's like, no. 
And I'm like, they were having sex with tigers. And she's like, yes, the tiger, the women were laying down and the tigers were going to town on them. And I'm like, oh, like how? Dude, that is, uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like with like all documentaries and all these things, it's always like, however bad you think it is surface level, dude, it's always deeper. It's always yeah. worse. It's always worse than we know. Yeah. And they tell us like, that's fucking insane. Dude. They, those people need to be locked up yeah well horrifying if you've seen tiger king you know that he was um he's very charismatic and so like he you know like all the people that have been had cult followings or cult leaders they're extremely charismatic um and you always wonder why are these people following them till the death why are they doing these strange things well it doesn't happen overnight he comes in he shows you attention a lot of these people were wayward children of somebody you know who was running away from something and so he takes you in and treats you nice and says hey it's like a party 24 7 here and here's some drugs here's you know money whatever you need um you can live here of course there's going to be people that are like you know ready to die for yeah. you uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well and then and then the scarier part like you said is that once once you go all in on that like well now but that's your only that's everything that's your your housing your well-being your drugs your food your mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's like if i leave here i have nothing now yeah and so I'm it's sure like that through that in their face weird. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Like anytime you kind like, of get out of line, he's like, "Well, you know, if you do that, you have to leave, and I'm gonna have to cut you off." And then they were probably like, right. "Of course not." I mean, I'm sure there was some of them that bought all in, and then it just became the new normal, and it was sure. no longer weird. Like the stuff they're doing, they're right. like, "Oh yeah, this is just a typical day in my life." And you can kind of get yeah. that from well, the documentary that some people were like, "Oh yeah, it totally. wasn't that strange until I walked away from it." It's well, it's scary because like a lot of people are super easily manipulated. Like I, I've been manipulated on things, and I go, "What? How did mm. that happen? How did I let that happen? Yeah. You know, like why did I give that man a hundred dollars? Yeah. Like just weird shit." Where where I'm like, "Man, that was good. Like you got me." And then you know, not everybody is as in tune with like uh, or or street smart or whatever you want to call it, whatever yeah. life skill it is that you. You know, you have that bullshit detector or whatever, and it's like, man, we still get got, and it's it's crazy that that is just so. Like, does do you plan that out? You know, do you get does does he get children that he knows are lost without love and families and that yeah. whole grooming like that, that whole thing is just such a uh, like it's a hard thing to grasp. Yeah. It. It can be, it can be kind of like you can go down an emotional rabbit hole because you're thinking, um, well, how many people didn't come out and say, oh yeah, I was a part of this. Like how many hundreds of people have been through there and are now like in a different state, but had seen some effed up stuff, you know? Right. Wow. That's wild. I totally forgot that was, uh, wow. That's a few miles from you that's so yeah crazy. seven miles exactly <laughs> guess every town has they don't all have a netflix uh a netflix series about it but every yeah. town has a thing man that's crazy yeah wow. I, unfortunately you know that's our tie to 
people's minds now. It's like, oh yeah, when you would Oklahoma sure. is near Paul's Valley where you live. And I'm like, before, you know, that documentary came out, Paul's Valley was just known for its own things. Like <laughs> we were, we're a bigger town sure. than when he would, when he was like a little podunk town We're you know, we have a lot more people, but, um, I'm saying that about a town that's like got 6,000 people. Like we're some, some huge city, but you know, we're like <laughs> right, a suburb, right, right. like nothing crazy ever happens here. Um, where I live, sure. I live in like the old money where they all have, they've like the fourth generation kids live in their great grandma's house. And, um, so like if yeah. I leave my wallet in my car and the door open, either it'll be brought in like and knocked on the door and like, Hey, you had your wallet. Just wanted to make sure, you know, or that it won't be touched. Uh, and I'm not saying that nothing bad will happen. Like, you know, well, there's never, yeah, there's yeah. never, 100%. but it's just, it's, it's safe. And so to hear that that was seven miles away, like all that craziness, it, it's just weird. weird it yeah. feels like bizarre. Wow. Yeah. That's man. That's nice. I, uh, I just had my car, like, the weirdest. I had my car, like, ransacked outside my house, but they didn't steal anything because I don't fucking have shit. They were looking for your <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, got, they got that little scratched burn CD. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I would have given it to them for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, here, man, you want some fire music? Here you go. Like, you don't have to destroy my, my car. Yeah. Yeah, we're in, like, a... We're in a pretty decent. It's weird, man, because like obviously, you know, things things move around throughout lives. Like yeah. you know, the dangerous cities are now the nice cities, mm-hmm. and the cities that were nice, and you know, gentrification, everything's all fucked up, and everyone's just buying everything and making it more expensive. Yeah, whatever. And it's like, but it's it is it is weird. Like you know, where I live, I'm like in this weird little in between where it's like pretty nice. We we got uh, wonderful neighbors. Like our street is amazing. Like my both neighbors on both sides of me are uh, literally like family to to us. So the food, we like it's the craziest little community that I've never had out here. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, you know, I wouldn't tell my mom this, and hopefully she doesn't hear this because it would make her nervous. But like we hear gunshots out all the time yeah you know it's like it's still close enough to where like we are uh i will not let my girlfriend like pass over that that bridge yeah you know yeah. uh right at the end of our street when you get over it it's like no nah, you're not going over there without me at least <laughs> without yeah. me at least maybe <laughs> i'll protect you my yeah. <laughs> oh god but yeah. uh no we're in a, it's a cool neighborhood but it's 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 changed a lot. Like this was Ohio city where I'm at now is like where, uh, I like saw my, I saw somebody get stabbed when I was 17. Like, and now I live here with my girlfriend and you know, we're like, Oh, this is like pretty decent here. It's so how that, how that moves around and they, they push everything around and it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You know, people were talking about how it's not, it must be nice to live on the side of town. I'm like, Okay, let me kind of put it in perspective. You're constantly reminded how you're poor <laughs> because, like, <laughs> when you look out any direction, people have hired, like, yard services that are constantly yeah. outside mowing and, like, putting flowers in and stuff. And we're just like, man. They got that Lego grass. I'm out here doing a push lawnmower, and they're, they've got, like, a whole team of people with riding lawnmowers that cost more than our car. And <laughs> it's just, you know. 
So, yeah, thank God we don't live in like a, you know, HOH place or whatever where we've got someone putting notes on our door telling us our grass is too tall or, you know, whatever. But Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, the Tiger King thing really swept the nation, and it was weird because I'm not used to hearing people talk about where I'm from on any kind of television and to right. hear it like on Sports Center, like Shaq is talking about, you know, Winniewood, Oklahoma. Like it was just mind blowing and strange. Yeah, that is crazy. It's like, man, I wish somebody <laughs> would do something super oh, positive and get famous. <laughs> Please. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like that, that's literally like half the reason I wanted to come. Like, man, I really want to like. I want to do something cool in Cleveland, like so that yeah. I can be proud of, like, yeah, I did that for my for my city, you know, yeah. and like put a good stamp on it, because, yeah, God, like you got, you know, these guys, those guys. I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna uh, start no shit, but there's a lot of people from Cleveland that I just, what, that is not representing Cleveland. Like, do not think that this guy is how Cleveland, it, you know, people are. But, uh, yeah, you want to you definitely have something cool for your city. Everybody does, man. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got we got stuck with, oh, LeBron's a traitor, which I disagree with. I think anybody in his position would have probably done the same thing. Yeah. And he did what he said. He fucking nailed it for us. And, uh, you know, again, it comes back to being a hater, but it's, uh, everybody wants, wants their city to have some something – a good aura, a good, yeah. you know, reputation. And it's like, I don't know, even living in Chicago, I'd say, yeah, I'm from Cleveland. Like, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> and it's just like, damn, bro. Yeah. How you feel? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're saying that, you know, MGK hasn't saved your city and put it on the map. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I would actually. Uh, I, I used to actually listen to him all right. back in my party yeah, days. <laughs> yeah, I used to listen to him in my party days because he had okay a, for a, sure. A yeah, lot of um, like really high upbeat music, and so driving into a party, blaring that through your speakers, like you know, f the police and stuff, was kind of like cool. Sure, yeah. And then um, of course, and then you know he disses the greatest rapper of all time, and I just had to yeah. kind of. Be like, all right, well, you just committed, you know, career suicide. So nice knowing you. Yeah, he's played a lot of career suicide notes, uh, cards lately. Yeah, he's played a lot of those. That, you know, I, I try to like, I don't know. I'm just like, once again, it, it, it's just things. I, it's just not, uh, not my energy, and that's that's the only thing I could say about it. You know, I I, I hate to not be in favor of people from Cleveland, but I, I don't think that you should support any one person because of, Oh, they're from my hometown. So I got to yeah. get behind it. You know, I mean, you like what you like and, uh, I don't like it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the arrogance thing really put me off when he would go on like any talk show or especially stuff that was, you know, more urban, like the music industry type stuff. Like when he went on the breakfast club sure. and was talking crap and acting like he had won that battle, even though clearly everybody wasn't thinking that, um, it made him just kind of look fake and kind of out of touch Yeah. instead of being like, yeah, man, I, 
you know, this is probably a career defining moment for me. Uh, you know, I'm I'm lucky to sure. have a response from Eminem. Like he could have turned it a sure. positive thing and had people like jump on his back and and love him, and he totally you know whiffed on it, and it just was really sad to watch. Yeah, I think in any sense, you know, I mean, just from talking to you for a little bit, like I'm not a fan of like super arrogance in any in any sense, really. Like I think there's a huge like I, I want people to be confident. I, I have friends of mine that are yeah. super talented. They're just like, oh, I don't know, man. I wrote this song, and yeah, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, that song is fucking beautiful. What are you talking about? Yeah. And it's like I want people to feel confident, but there's a huge difference between like confidence and cockiness. Yeah. And when you get that cockiness about you, I just it really just it takes away from me. And I learned that at a young age, dude, I played with a lot of bands that I loved when I was like growing up. Like, I don't know if you know, metal bands or heavier bands or but like, you know, uh, fear before the March of flames and Norma Jean and all these huge bands that I love. And, and I'm not talking about them specifically, yeah, um, yeah. but you know, I, I'd meet people that I, that I love their, their music and, and their art and, I was just like, man, that guy's kind of an asshole. And it was the whole, like, don't meet your idols. Mm-hmm. A lot of them just had this, like, very entitled, like, like, fuck you, dude. You're just the opener. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but I brought, I brought 70 people to your show. Like, yeah. they're here for us, too. Like, damn, you know, like, it's the, uh, I don't know, the pedestal. I never like that, man. I like when people, like, we are all fucking equal, dude. Your, your monetary value, your, none of that matters. Yeah. It really doesn't. As long as you're okay and healthy, we're all we're all fucking in this shit together. So that's the way. You know, yeah. I, in my world, I wish it could be that way. But if you look at some of the greatest performers of all time, like we're talking the upper echelon, like even even freaking Paul McCartney is super humble. Like I mean, when you talk, when he talks, he's like, "Oh yeah, I wasn't the greatest at this or this, but we just had fun and we did what we liked." And to hear the person who's considered to be one of the best musicians that's ever lived, like, sure. like the, you know, your respect just explodes for him hearing him talk. Yeah. Like Weren't, do you think though, don't you think that he was humbled at a certain point? Cause didn't, weren't they like, we are bigger than God and weren't Whoa. they like pretty un pretty like uh cocky for a minute and people started getting weird right i think i'm not a big beatles guy yeah but, so i'm asking that's well why. i think that's a common misconception uh that's the, what the media said but like if you and okay. like i wasn't exactly. alive so i can't really say how it happened but um <laughs> yeah from watching the documentaries that i have watched where they talked to paul about it he said um that john was just saying you know and and this is just me remembering this documentary so like if i'm completely off you know or out of pocket like don't at me please people but uh he he was just saying that like right now it's weird because we're like bigger than god like you know and it being like uh it was almost like a humbled statement or something like that um but he wasn't saying like yeah we're we're the shit you know he was just saying right kind of like putting it in perspective and he got a lot of flack for that a lot of people burned their albums and stuff for that and there, there's a really good um, documentary. Oh, I can't remember. It's what it's like called. people are human, dude. It's like yeah. one sentence, one sentence. Yeah, there's change. a real good documentary where they actually talk to him and Ono. Um, 
uh, Yoko Ooh. Ono, and and he's explaining himself. He's, he's wild. Yeah. And um, have you watched the Get Back documentary? Like that was on I, Disney. I have Plus? not yet. I have not yet, but I I would like to. Yeah, it. I'll make time. For it it. kind of makes it a whole like a whole different because you know you always hear that she broke up the Beatles, and like the yeah. whole time they're sitting there playing. Uh, she's just kind of chilling, like doing crosswords and you know knitting yeah, and stuff. And uh, it puts yeah. in perspective like their creativity and their love for each other. They were joking and cracking jokes and just kind of having a good time. Yeah, they kind of argued with each other a few times, but it was like twice the whole time. Normal. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty normal. I feel like art is like it's one of those things where it's like you know some of my favorite things about art is making it with other people you know like making a song with my friend or making you know art with my girlfriend or whatever it is it's like i love sharing it but at the same time you're so passionate about your art Mm -hmm. that there's no chance like me and my producer all the time i told him yesterday i was like i know you're gonna hate me because i know you did all that work but i don't like that right there i don't like it we got to get that out because you know, he just tried to add a little something and it wasn't that it wasn't cool. It's just, I was like, it's just not yeah. for this. And he was like, that's why I love you, dude. Cause you'll tell me, you know, and we're both like that. We don't get butt hurt. Like on over stupid things. We're very much so just uh, honest with each other. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of a corny last line. I think you could do better. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, you know, or, yeah. or vice versa. Well, that actually allows y'all to make the best product that you could and put it out there because if you didn't and y'all were kind of like trying not to step on each other's toes, it would be not something that was 100% what you wanted it to be. Exactly, exactly. I couldn't agree more, dude. It's like you need that. And and sometimes it does get you kind of jump to like, you know, if someone – thinks oh maybe the next line should be that or maybe we should go into this guitar part and it's not what you were thinking you get like almost offended that they didn't fully see your vision and hear your vision for this song and it's like well this song is only this song because of all five of you yeah so let let that guide it and with that being said like that's a family right there and family's always going to have issues and yeah. you're going to fight and talk it out and make up and celebrate and cry and all that good shit. Well, you know, and they had a, different personalities too. And, and ways of recording, uh, John was like the jokester. Um, okay. And, and yeah. So he, he liked to mess around and play and, you know, kind of just come up with it as he goes. And Paul was, he really felt the pressure of like, we need to record and we need to have these songs polished before we perform them. Um, so like during the documentary, he's just like, he kind of gripping at John because he's like, nobody's taking this seriously, but me. And, you know, we're set to be like, cause at, at the time they didn't know they were going to perform on the roof. They thought they were going to perform at some huge like concert hall or something as their last big hurrah. Yeah. And, um, so he's like, we haven't even come up with like where we're going to do this. We have, we've been in, in, we've been playing together for like four hours and we have yet to put like a whole song down, like to come up with a whole song. And so he was getting frustrated. And I feel like every band needs that guy just as much as they need the yeah. guy that brings the goofy energy to like let off steam, lighten the mood. And yeah. yep. Yeah. And absolutely. And like my manager, you're talking about misconstruing and getting your feelings hurt. Okay. So I had worked probably just <laughs> like an hour on 
this new logo for a sticker. It was just for a sticker, but I didn't elaborate. So I just sent her the picture before I had messaged her ahead of time. And uh, she thought I was trying to make a new logo. And she was like, I just don't feel it. I don't really like it. And I was like, but I just spent an hour on it. It's like, I really did. And she goes, no, she goes, let's not do that. And I was like, um, crap. You know, I was kind of upset. So I didn't message her back. And she goes, did I hurt your feelings? And I said, a little. And she goes, well, she goes, I just don't think that would look good as a logo. I think what we're doing now is perfect. And I was like, no, this was for a sticker. You know, I did, I guess I didn't message. And then it's like, Oh yeah. She goes, Oh no, that's fine. Yeah, But that's the dynamic. That's a good dynamic though. Yeah. She's just like, Oh, you know, that's fine. And I was like, really? (laughs) I've just been sweating. Like, thinking Dude, oh, yeah man, this is horrible it's you know all crap and yeah yeah it wasn't but yeah. i think we just get really attached to things like you said back to the legos and stuff it's like you know i could make a song right now and you know i'll be vibing it and be like all right cool and then like i listen to it and i go yeah that's all right but yeah. then i'll show my girlfriend or i'll show my buddy or you know whoever and they'll be like I don't know, dude. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. Yeah. You know? And it's like, oh, I thought, I I didn't think it was that good either. But it's like, they're your little brain children. So it's like, you know, you try to draw something and it sucks. And someone's like, what is that supposed to be, dude? And you just immediately get offended. Even though you know, this is not a good drawing of a horse. (laughs) It's so goofy, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's why a lot of, you know, and not to like be political at all, but just talking about the state of America has been really in this weird position because we've never had as much social media. Like I know what some random dude in Texas is thinking at any moment because of his status and stuff that never before in human history has has ever happened. And so it's easy to get offended and to get hurt and then to be mad. But instead of sitting back like I did, you know, I just was like, all right, I'm going to take five minutes before I message her back and just kind of chill because I know she's not trying to hurt my feelings. Like she, she's the manager because I trust her opinion, you know, and I ask her right. to tell me she the truth. Yeah. Right. Because if not, then I'm putting out crap. That's just half baked. And, uh, I'm going to be mad at myself nice. later, you know, for that. But, um, straight up. Yeah. But you know, like I was so in my feelings about it, I guess, and not, not really realizing that, Hey, what what could I have asked her? I could have said, "Hey, you know, well, how can I make this better?" In your opinion, sure. Instead of just being like, yeah. "Oh no, screw you," you know. <laughs> but that's our first. I spent a whole hour yeah. on this. Yeah, <laughs> it's our first human emotion is to 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 take offense to things. It's just how we handle yeah. that that needs to change. I think, as you know, Absolutely. as humans. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like I got you know I I I made a baseline a couple weeks ago for a song that I was trying to finish and all it needed was a bass. I, I laid it down and I was like, wow, this is not good. Yeah. This is not what I was imagining. And like, you know, I, I, I can, I can dabble on the bass for sure. I, you know, I play guitar, I play keyboard, but I, you know, I have a, uh, one of my really good buddies that was in an uh, old band of mine in Chicago. So he lives out in, in LA area right now. And, you know, we just started a little, side project together we don't have a name yet but i'll i'll keep you updated with that okay and uh but we started a little side project and i was like well wait dude jimmy plays bass a lot better than i do yeah you know and it's just letting go of that ego that like yeah i'm a musician but i'm not 
I don't walk around calling myself a bass player. Yeah. You know, like that's not, I write bass for a lot of my songs, but you know, it's probably not what a bassist would write to yeah. that. You know, like I have friends that play bass and you know, every once in a while, if they jam to it, I'll be like, Whoa, I never even thought to put that type of line, like groove in there, you yeah. know? And it's just like, we are not the best at everything, man. Everyone, there's always someone better at you. There's all, and like, that's anything with a team. It's like, you need the guy that's more about the money. And then you need the guy that's a total art purist. who's yeah. like, we're not budging on our morals. And like, you need all those t- to create a good team and, or, or family or, you know, to be successful. I think you just, it's, it's being well-rounded and it's hard for one person to do all that. Yeah. So you got to have, people that you know you uh you butt heads with and stuff but like you said you sit down and talk about it man i guarantee you if people just talked about shit they would be like man we can make this shit happen right now yeah uh, and, and finding out why they said what they said is important too because too often do we just get offended and we leave it at that and then we're like i'm not talking to this person anymore instead of oh, I, I've, I've done it a hundred percent you know like i mean i can't even you lie too. but but like Me to too. sit down, but and at least like, you're aware. And yeah, <laughs> to sit down and go, okay, well, what don't you like about this song? Or hey, what don't you like about this? You know, the, our podcast intro. Like, what? How can we make it better? I think those questions don't get asked enough, and I think everything goes a lot smoother and and can be more creative when we ask questions. I agree, man. I couldn't agree more. And it's so easy to get stuck in our own perspectives and. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be some woke ass dude. I'm just yeah. like, man, I'm just trying to tap inward and do better for myself, do better uh, outside, you know, externally, internally, just have a better way about coping and dealing and, and, uh, forgiving and letting them live and bygones be bygones, you know, all that good stuff. It's like, it really, ha- it would help us all. And also, like, stress is the fucking killer yeah. out here. You know, like, it'll get the best of you, man. And I, I think if we could all just stress at least about our own shit instead of stressing about everyone else in the yeah. world and, and, you know, I don't know. It's just a lot of lot of useless energy wasted, I feel like, in that sense. Yeah. Protect the energy nowadays. And you were talking about, like, getting people to the help kind of do things that you're not good at. Um, I think that keeps you from burning out also. I think when you do, when you try to be too well-rounded and try to do everything, it's easy to get burnout. I think I see a lot of streamers on Twitch will go like hardcore into it by themselves, you know, and then two months later, they're not streaming at all because they get burnout. Um, sure. It's definitely a problem. Um, and, and also realizing how much emotional, like, you know, draining it can be to constantly be in front of people and and yeah, having dude. to perform. Like, you wouldn't have a concert for 24 hours, you know, all the time. Like, it would be dude, impossible. Would, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, and so these people are technically performers. They're performing for people on a daily basis, and then some people think, "Oh, yeah, I can just stream for eighteen hours and be fine." It's like you got to work up to that, right. man. And so I see a lot of 100%. people, you know, not just to say streaming, but like in anything, when you try to take on too much, 
by yourself and you don't. And, and also it's real hard, especially as someone like me who is very particular about things because I want it to be the best that it can be. It's very hard to give someone right. else my baby. So like when I wrote Same. my first book um, to give it to an editor for them to like critique was terrifying. Cause I'm like, they're going to pick this apart. Wow. You know, wait, so you, you wrote a, a, a book. You said. Yes. I'm, like I'm a book book. I've published a poem, um, a poetry book and I have two other books that I've written that aren't out yet. Wow. Um, they're, Congrats, man. yeah, they're urban fantasy. Um, it's kind of like a superhero type thing. Um, but it really was to deal with the death of my sister when I, when she was 14. And I, uh, I, I heard you mention that on the Chevy episode, I believe. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I'm actually, I have the book here somewhere, but anyways, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Let me know about that. Even, even after all this, I, I mean, uh, especially, especially, I mean the poetry as well. Like I would love to check those out, bro. Uh, congrats on getting published. My, my, one of my good friends just got his poetry book published after, uh, like 10 years and I almost fucking cried for him. I was so happy for him, dude. Yeah. Well, my sister, uh, she cool. died in 2008. And so I was 17 wow. and I went to college and I had a professor, a literature professor that made us keep a notebook and he would give us assignments on writing. Just, you know, like writing how you felt at, you know, just write five minutes of the day or whatever. And so I had a ton of poems right. that I just written over my life and, I kept writing afterwards. And so I took all those poems that I had written, you know, for the last, however many years it's been since she passed away and curated like the best ones and then put them in an order that kind of told the story of like her death, you know, dealing with it, kind of going into like a dark state and then finally recovery with my children, you know? And, um, yeah. So, to me, it was a passion project, and it was one of those things I just wanted to get out. And I felt like once I, you know, got it out and published it, then I would feel better. And it really did help. It was very good there, you know, therapy. Oh, dude, I can only imagine. I mean, um, that's really cool that you could, uh, you know, again, like turn that into something like that. And you have no idea someone else might read that and and heal from it or just feel what they needed to feel from it in, in, you know, a similar circumstance or, I mean, you never know who, uh, who that could touch in a, in a way that they really needed. So that's, that's cool, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad it went somewhere to a positive energy like that. Yeah. And it was one of those things that I did just, just to do for myself. And I've always like, it's been on my bucket list to just get published for anything. And, um, my editor, the thing that made it Hell real. Yeah. That's- yeah. The the thing that made it real was my editor sent me an email and it was like two pages long. And I was like, oh man, she's got so many corrections to make. And the first page was just her saying, like, I am so honored that you trusted me with these, you know, beautiful poems or whatever. Wow. And, and they, you know, like inspired her kind of, you know, to, because it, it is, it's a journey of. The worst thing that could possibly ever happen was being in a car wreck, seeing my sister die in my arms and bleed out, and it being tragic, like horrific, you know, like the, literally the worst thing that you can I do to someone. I can't even imagine. And then yeah. to come out of that and not and be lost for a while, um, and then and kind of, comp, you know, you think about suicide constantly because you get survivor's guilt. That's part of it, you know. Why am I yeah. here? She was a way better person than me. Like, she, 
she was like pure hearted and you know never had you know done anything wrong she was only 14 um it was one of those you have major guilt and then afterwards when i had my son uh seeing life be born you know was like the one moment that i was like okay i i'm going to live for this person and it, it may not yeah. always be, you know, I may not always know what I'm doing. It may not always be painless, but yeah, that was the moment will. I chose to kind of. it definitely will. You know? Yeah. And then when you're, when what's funny and, is when you start re- living for someone else, you, you would think that you would just kind of exert all of your energy and self and you wouldn't, you know, and self-care is, is good, but it's a blessing to like yeah, give but, and give like, you can't outgive yourself. It's it's funny how that works. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh that that's man, that is wild. I mean, just that series of like like you said, the the fact that like having you said your son, yeah. right, was your first first child. Yeah, that's um you know, that's such a weird full circle thing. I felt the same when my younger sister my little sister had a baby and that was, you know, my first nephew. And that was when he came out, I was like, Oh my God. Like, you know, his middle name was my dad's name, Mick mm-hmm. and Mickey, you know, just, I don't know. I felt like there is this weird, you know, life and death healing that happens when you go through it full circle like that. I mean, you go through the worst loss you can imagine to the most beautiful life you know, that you can imagine. Is, yeah. And I can't imagine because I don't have, I don't have yeah. kids, but you know, uh, I don't know, man, that's, uh, inspiring dude, for sure. That's, that's yeah. Wild. And I got some amazing emails and stuff afterwards that like, I, of course I bawled my eyes out and then later it was like, you know, it, it made all the, the staying up and, and stressing out about it, especially the day before it was published, um, didn't sleep, but, and I wasn't oh, expecting anyone to not. even read it, to be honest. It was one of those things where I wanted to put it out for me, you know, just because yeah, that was a goal I had set. And I wanted to finally see something through because a lot of times I would start a project and then just never finish. But I think there's something huge to be said about that. Like, again, um, you just being so real with yourself and being like, yo, this is this is for me. And, and I do think that an extent there's art that, is made for for others and then yeah. there's there's art that is made for for you that will resonate with others because you know we're, we're not alone unfortunately you know there's hundreds of thousands of people that have gone through what you've gone through yeah. unfortunately you know and it's like if you if you put that somewhere put that on paper and you're real with it not only even did the publicist say like wow i'm honored you know you attract that yeah. realness and and then you reach people that have also gone through those things and i think that's just being real in life will draw you um draw the right people to you and it sounds like that's what what has happened with with you through that process it's just like um i mean i would love to read that man personally yeah. you know i'm always looking for something to read i would love to, to check that out yeah it's it's one of those things also where like i was scared especially my second book, I, I was scared because I gave it to my mom to read um, the first couple chapters. Ooh, yeah. And um, I was terrified when she read it because it, yes, it's not a true story. It's all, you know, 
fiction, the second book, but it's, um, it comes from a real place in my experiences. And there's a car scene in the very first few minutes and it is graphic, you know, and kind of what happened. Um, not exactly, but, um, you know, it talks about there's blood and, and glass and smoke and, and just kind of the like uneasy feeling that, you know, when you're in a car wreck, you're in shock, you know? And so you honestly, everything's kind of hazy and kind of like you're out of body, you know? And so, um, I was scared. And then when she, you know, called me and told me that, yes, it, it, it was upsetting, but it was like powerful. And I was like, okay, well then that's when I knew I was doing kind of the right thing. Um, because you don't want that's her baby you know and as much as she was yeah. my sister like a child is different like with my kids i can't imagine ever losing one you're never the same oh, i mean God, my mom yeah. is still like i love her to death and and you know if she's hearing this i'm sorry but you're you're not the same person and you're screwed up forever um and yeah and that that's the reality of it man is it can 100% do that i mean i uh, i could never now I've lost some friends, but you know, then I see their mom and I'm just like, Oh, that's when you lose it. That's yeah. when I lose it. Is you think about mom, man, or that, that being your child or your son or your dad or your, it's just, that's a totally different thing. I, I feel that. Man. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's heavy stuff, man. But I think, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of like compassion that comes out of you because of going through something like yeah. that. Like I can feel, I can feel that you're a, you know, compassionate person just in general. Like I think we're two dudes that don't want to hurt anybody and want to <laughs> like, you know, fucking have good conversations or, you know, good times, yeah. laugh with people you love. And it's like, you know, it's so simple, but it takes so much, um, so much like hard things and things in life that just harden you and, and you can't, it only goes two ways. You can become more compassionate and more, you know, live harder for the people that aren't here and love harder and all that. Or you can become super bitter and, and never feel happiness again type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, I've seen both of those things happen, man, in my own family yeah. and as well. It changed people. It's really tough stuff. And a guy told me this on, um, right before we started and I wish I would have recorded it. Um, I was like, I almost wanted to tell him to shut up cause he was spitting gold, um, right before we started recording <laughs> our podcast. But he said, um, that pain, uh, has to come out or, I mean, has to move forward. And so, um, it's either inward or outward. And that's the, and so it can come out as something beautiful, like a project, music, you know, books, whatever, or yeah. it can become so something that, that damages you, um, on the inside and you can turn to drugs or whatever and, and, or, you know, even just cutting or whatever, but it constantly, it, yeah. you know, is moving and whether or not you're able to like put it out or, or absorb it as one of those things that it comes down to a lot of things, personality and, you know, surroundings and, and all that. And I think it's a beautiful thing. If you've looked back through history, some of the most incredible music was by someone who had an unimaginable loss, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, um, I couldn't agree more with all of that. Yeah. I could not agree more. That's so good. That is fucking gold. Yeah. And I'm then you put it on. Yeah, finally, uh, after 
you know, 10 or 15 episodes later. But we have, um, we have a lot of beautiful things in our life too that, you know, inspire us. But for some reason, pain seems to be the one thing that like it, you know, when I was making beats back in the day, uh, oddly enough, people yeah. think, you know, that there's no emotion in, in, you know, music production, but I think there's a lot, you know, <laughs> and, and it's, yeah. Off. And it's an emotion like music is emotional. I can tell you the first time I heard a song where I was the weather outside sometimes, you know, like who yeah, I was man. around. Um, yeah. Funny enough, you know, the song by Cash Money, uh, Bedrock, I remember hearing that. It was raining. I was in college in my uh, Chevy Malibu, and it was pouring rain, and I was in my girlfriend's parking lot of her apartment, and my dorm was like like a quarter mile from where I was, and there was no parking. So I had to park over by hers, and I had to run through the pouring rain, and it was like a flood, basically. And so I remember that song came on for the first time and I was like, I'm just going to listen to this song. So every time I hear that, it can be sunny outside, but in my brain, it's raining. <laughs> it's just pouring rain. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And it's, it's very crazy. That's it. Music can take you there, man. It can take you anywhere. If you capture that feeling, it's, uh, you know, and, and again, I think it just comes from what you said. Like it comes from the passion project. It comes, you know, the, the, the timeless song doesn't always, it's not always like an industry made, you know, plug in X, Y, and Z and yeah. you got to fucking hit, you know, and I get it. That's how it works. But sometimes, sometimes it really is just true fucking raw emotion because we all feel it, you know, we can't help it. So I think that if you can capture that in whether a writing or, or a meal or whatever, you could taste the love in a good meal. Yeah. You ever been to a, a southern diner it's yeah. like man you taste love and a good meal for sure dude yeah yeah i you can really find out everything you need to know about an artist not through their happy songs but the songs where they're being vulnerable like um i think yeah. i think you know and and especially listening to you know magnificent it's an upbeat song um i mean yeah. you can really kind of sit there and vibe to it and and uh, get you pumped up, but the lyrics um, have raw emotion, and that's one of the things that yeah. it's it's complex. It's not just like, oh yeah, I'm happy. It, it, you know, it, there's a lot of pain in what you're yeah. saying, and that's really what drew me in when I heard it. Thanks. I I'm glad that you um, you picked that up because it, it was one of those things where when I wrote it, I went, whoa! I was like, this is pretty fucking kind of dark, <laughs> and I started making the music to it, and I was like. It'd be kind of nice if it didn't feel that way, though. Yeah. You know, it'd be kind of nice if it just didn't feel like a bomber. And that's kind of <laughs> just like I, that's that's my first thought of every day. I wake up and I'm like, it'd be, it'd be nice if today didn't feel like a bummer. Yeah, and that's what you go for. But um, yeah, man, I, I appreciate that. I definitely try to put that stuff into my lyrics, and it's all things I think about. I used to get so mad in my angsty days, and like I'd yell at my my mom or dad and be like, you just don't understand me. If you just listen to my music, yeah. you would understand me. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like all you do is scream in the band. And back then I didn't have shit to say. I was just, you know, writing yeah. whatever and emulating bands that we listened to. We were, we were 14, 15 years old. And you know, now it's like, it's funny. Cause I, I would say that today, you know, I could see myself saying that today to someone like, dude, 
you don't even know me. If you listen to my music, you would know me because I truly believe that like, like I am not, I can talk, I can have a good conversation. I can carry a conversation, but I'm not like, I'm not like, uh, super well-spoken or something like I'm good with words when I have time, you know, when I have time to sit with them, yeah. but it's like, when I, I, I'm a word vomit guy, I just say what's on my mind. So like a lot of times I just sound kind of like, I'll listen back to this one day and go, Jesus, dude, shut <laughs> up, man. Yeah, I do that Let every Aaron episode. Talk, you know, <laughs> and that's, that, that's it. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, I think writing like that five minute exercise that, you know, your teacher made you do, I think, that's the shit you don't have to be a writer that's the shit though do that no matter what you are if you're a chef if you're a, a school teacher uh whatever like dude just write it down and you'll see your whole life from a different perspective it's like sometimes you don't even know you felt that way you know i mean you've done it you free wrote and things come out man it's crazy yeah, and it's also cool because it's like a time capsule. This podcast has been a time capsule for me. Um, I recently started at the yeah. very beginning and started listening back to the stuff because I don't remember what I've told and, like, the stories that I've said. So I don't want to be that guy that's sure. in every episode talking about the same thing. Um, <laughs> Telling your best story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, my kids already accused me of that. Oh, yeah, we've heard that one, Dad, six times. Like, ah, oh, can't remember who I've told it to and who I haven't. Um, or then also my wife will be like, you didn't tell me that. You said it on your podcast. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, my bad. But um, I do that a lot. I do that too. <laughs> my buddy will be like, you didn't tell me that. What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, man, these episodes would be amazing if I weren't in them and there was just the person talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, uh, I definitely think it's cool because there's a couple things that I've forgotten that even happened to me. And I was talking about them on one of like, the, I think it was like episode two. And I was talking about one of my friends that used to have an old uh, Mac. And I had completely forgotten that story. And I actually messaged that guy and was like, dude, I, I was listening to my old episode. And I talked about you. And I haven't talked to you since. So I was like, That's what's up? How are, yeah. how are you? How's your kids? You know. Um, so it's just kind of a neat little experience that I've been able to have. I'm lucky to have made it to yeah. past 60 episodes. I think this is probably like 60-something, if not like right before 60 but yeah i think they say like there's like a most podcasts don't make it past uh you know some percentage or yeah. whatever it's like 70 percent of podcasts don't make it past uh you know episode seven yeah and uh hell yeah congrats it's yeah going. itunes is definitely like a graveyard of podcasts like good ideas that never took off <laughs> sure oh yeah yeah that's crazy we uh to think about how much we forget yeah. You know, just, I mean, I could watch every home video that my mom ever, you know, kept or saved or whatever. And I guarantee I would, it's like you remember it when you see it, but you would have never remembered it if you didn't see it or hear it, yeah. you know? And then you're like, oh my God, like, dude, I forgot all Rice Krispie treats were a thing until I was in the gas station the other day. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I forgot Rice Krispie treats were like a thing on this planet. Yeah. And then, you know, I used to eat them every day as a kid. And now I'm like, I forgot that existed, let alone, you know, um, you know, a couple, just the amount of people that we meet in life. It's like, God, sometimes I feel terrible. Someone's like, yo, what's up, bro? And I'm like, 
oh shit dude like i do not know who you are and yeah. you know i'll pull the whole like dude yeah have things and then i walk away and you know whoever i'm with will be like you know who was that and i'm like dude i don't know i feel terrible and it's, it's just wild though you know we can't take it all in every movie every song every yeah. person every experience well i know for like you it's probably similar but since we're kind of in the public as far as like our art now um it's very difficult because a lot of people know everything about me and I have no idea who they are. And it's very a yeah. weird, like surreal feeling where people will come up to me and be like, yeah, man, I listened to the podcast. Uh, um, you know, how's, you know, this situation going? And I'm like, what? Or, or they won't even say they listen to the podcast yeah. and they'll be like, Hey man, uh, I thought it was really cool that you did this. And I, I'm sitting there and I have to remember, Oh yeah, I have a podcast where I told a story about that. And totally forgot right. it after I said it. Um, right. And it's, it's like you have to you have to be okay with that and ready for it because you and I are the ones openly talking about yeah. sentimental yeah. things in our life. Yeah. So it's like, you know, obviously we're open enough to where it's like, I do expect, you know, um, after this, this song, when did, does this air after March 7th? Is this, does this air now? Is it live? Like, do you, when do you air things? Um, it depends on, cause, um, it depends on when we record it. We have a schedule where we used to record and release an episode every Friday and only four episodes a month. Now we have so many people that want to be on that. It's very, nice. it's very hard to release them just once a week. So I think we're going to start going to bi-weekly like Mondays and Fridays. Um, cool. okay. but, uh, what is today? Today's Monday, right? Yeah, it's uh, the 21st Monday. Yeah, so this episode wow. will come out on Friday. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, well, I was just going to say, because the, the next single does come out March 7th, and it's the heaviest song I ever wrote. It's yeah. a song about my dad, and, you know, I was very unexpected thing. Like, it just happened, and, you know, the, cra- the crazy thing was, was, like, again, like, with the comment section and stuff, when you start to realize, like, Mm, you're like damn so many people share the same that same pain it's crazy i forget exactly where i was going with it but um what were we talking about um came back about the- <laughs> run it back <laughs> i know right but it was something about that and either way it's just like it, it, it's it's crazy to like um you know it's one of those things where writing about something like that is so weird and like it's not about capitalizing off of oh uh, yeah no. it's about i've had you know people I mean? say like, that like, too which is really hurtful yeah already already yeah. i've had people say things like that and i'm like dude you know i'm i'm right this is from the heart dude yeah. i have not ever made a dollar off of my music until this moment you know last week when i sold four t-shirts like yeah get out of here with that. Yeah. You know, this is not about, you know, and uh, there, there was also, uh, I had a song called better days. I don't know if, you know, uh, it's one of the, the biggest videos on, on YouTube, but it was, uh, with, uh, DJ unwind and, and our, our buddy Julius Kima. And it was, we wrote it way before all the George Floyd stuff happened. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, was, I mean, <laughs> uh, George Floyd stuff has been, had been happening yeah, for exactly. hundred years. So, we wrote it, you know, directly about that, um, that whole problem that there is. And 
And then the George Floyd stuff happened and, you know, DJ Unwind was from um, Minneapolis and, you know, we, we got so much love for the song because the song is simply just come together. It's yeah. Come together, guys. Like, what are we doing? I've been chasing better days. That's the whole point. And you still get hate. And you get hate because those people, are, I mean, they're just full of hate. So it's like, but it's, it's crazy because, like, I was so terrified to put out that song. And, you know, we did a music video in Minneapolis. And we found wonderful people out there that were all dancing and celebrating life as well as protesting. Yeah. But, we, we, you know, it wasn't just a bunch of people trying to cause mayhem. It was people really mourning and, and, and holding each other dear and close. And, like, you know, we had this song, and I was terrified, dude, that people were going to think it came from, like, a, the wrong place. And, you know, little does anyone know, we wrote this way before the George Floyd thing. Yeah. Just because in in the video, there's a lot of signs of, you know, I can't breathe. And this is, this is a, that's a historical thing in my life. Yeah. I will never forget standing in Cleveland, just wanting to cry because I see mayhem because people hate people because of what, Yeah, you know, and, and, and it hurt me so bad. And it's like uh, the same thing, you know, people are going to say whatever about uh, me being uh, sounding a certain way on the song it's like you know oh why are you why do you sound like you're crying bitch because i am what yeah. the fuck it's <laughs> sad bro like what do you mean why am i shaking why am i crying you know it's yeah. like dude ask yourself ask yourself why do you think i'm shaky like get out of here well i have something kind of similar to that as far as like i had my next in fact today i've got you and then right after you, I have um, another guest. Oh, hopefully, you come back. You cut out. Oh, can you hear me now? So you were talking about. Um, we kind of had an interruption uh, for everybody listening. Sorry about the uh, technical difficulties. Are um, you know part of the game when you're doing audio? But uh, I swear there's I a couple it. audio gremlins that live here and just unplug things. <laughs> Same here, dude. But, yeah, you were talking about, like, making the song and getting hate for it. Um, my next guest, you're actually um, the first one today, and then we, we double-sacked. We had someone else. His uh, He goes by the young nice. black mayor, and he talks about black towns in Oklahoma and the history of them and stuff. And okay. So I started doing some research on that because I realized that, you know, I don't know as much as I should about um, some some Oklahoma history, like even – I'm, you know, part Native American and don't know a whole lot about the Chickasaw Nation, which is like where some of my family sure. come. And so I, I, yeah. I decided to to kind of delve in that this week and was watching the Tulsa massacre, you know, of Black Wall Street and how people just killed all of them because they were jealous that they had money and houses and movie theaters and oh owned businesses God, yeah. and were actually thriving when a lot of white people were poor. And they treated it like they were going into a foreign country and having war. Like they had planes that dropped incendiaries and, and burned down the town and p- killed people in the street, shot machine guns at people's houses, uh, killed children, lynched them. And, you know, it happened a hundred over 100 years ago, and I was crying while I was watching it because it was just – that could have wow. been, other yeah. than my skin color – 
people could have done that to my neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like to think right. of someone coming yeah. in my house and murdering my children, like the worst way possible, dragging them through the streets, like their dead body parading them around. Like to me, that just is Not inhumane and I can't understand yeah. that hate. Yeah. That's the, the, that's the devil on planet earth, man. That is, mm. that's crazy. So, yeah, like being empathetic towards things has really kind of, I think, kept me out of trouble my whole life of opening my mouth too much. But Absolutely. I'm glad well, my I space goes- is not um, like where my account's not where you can go back and look at it because I'm sure I was so stupid and close-minded with everything. <laughs> Dude, well, that that's something that's so crazy because I was just talking about that with, with a couple people. It's come up a lot lately, and it's like, dude, when I was like young, I used to say, like, I never, I never said like racist things ever, no. but I would just say like, like, oh, oh that's gay, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. And I don't know, I, I, what, like growing up and then moving to Chicago and playing in different cities and going to different cities and meeting all these people, like I immediately was just like, as soon as I left my hometown, you know, you start to realize like how fucking misled we all are. And, and like you said, from, you know, to make this all for full cir- circle, excuse me, uh, <laughs> like the beginning of this whole podcast, you talked about education. Dude, you, can you imagine if they actually gave us the correct history, how much more empathetic people would be towards oh, yeah. each other? But it's like no one wants to, you know, face, face those things. And the craziest part is like, dude, what do you mean? It wasn't you. We weren't the ones there doing it. So why can't you face it? Yeah, it's just you know I don't know. I get my heart gets racing on stuff like that, man, because yeah. I just it's so it, it's so uh, it's just ridiculous. You know, it's hard to wrap your head around it. I guess. Yeah, mistreating another human to the point where they're worse off than the dog that they have. Like you, you yeah, know, yeah. They, they the same people that take care of other people's children are you know like beating children with rocks for touching a white woman, you know, like just some of the stuff. Right. And it's not necessarily, it's not just black people like native Americans were, you know, they were just chilling over here in America and we came over and completely wiped out some. Whole that's tribes, what, I, that's what I mean. It's like, dude, I don't know how I, like, it's like, I don't know. Everyone's like, Oh, Thanksgiving. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess like <laughs> I am thankful for this food, but I feel like I don't feel like celebrating this yeah. per se. Like, and, you know, and then I have friends that are like, bro, you're just being a Debbie Downer. Like, it's just a, it's a, it's, it, you know, tradition. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, based on one of the most horrific things ever. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I want to say grace to that, yeah. you know, personally. And, and you know, I, for me, I take it as a day for to spend with family because yeah. they're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and overeating. And yeah, they're going to, I don't want to not show up, but it's like, I don't fucking agree with almost any you know any of this shit (laughs) it's it's rough especially as white people because you know to be an ally with people that are struggling and trying and trying to be understanding um you can come off pretentious and like stuff very easily you know like you can come off as someone who is using your platform to kind of be like, oh yeah, I'm with black people, so black people think I'm cool, or you know, or like, oh yeah, well I'm, I'm yeah, talking about this weird energies, and so I try, to, I try, I just want people to educate me so I don't repeat the history of you know 
like my ancestors. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to die knowing that I could have done more for people that live near me, you know, regardless of their race, color, like their beliefs. Like I don't, I want to have every person from a different ethnicity on this show to represent like the whole spectrum of color, the whole spectrum of culture. You know, I would love to have somebody on here that believes in something that completely freaks me out, you know, like some kind of weird thing that I I am scared of because to me, you're scared of what you don't understand. Yeah. I feel like if I sat down and had a conversation with someone who, you know, is completely different than me, comes from a completely different background. I feel like that's the only way to really know anything is is to know, like to, you know, ask questions. I could, yeah, couldn't agree more with that, man. And, and it, it, uh, that's why I love, you know, the podcast, the world opening up to this, like anyone can have a podcast because it's like, it truly is like, you can go get that information, get whatever information, whatever perspective, whatever, you know, um, and, and I just think that that's super cool that we can do that now. And I think that being open and having those conversations is the most important thing. Like we can't stop people from being able to talk their minds. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we're never going to get anywhere with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think I love to think that we're on this weird, just kind of just a uh, giant, you know, there's this gust of wind pushing us all in the right direction type of thing where it's just like enough's enough. Yeah. And, and hopefully people realize that. And, uh, I mean, there's no doubt we're stronger together. So it's like, you know, (laughs) shit. If you're listening to this and you're discouraged because of all the people that are hate filled or, you know, the people, like the people that kind of, um, were, offended by the black lives matter thing where they're like, you know, all lives matter. Well, everything that moves in the right direction will have resistance. Um, and you can kind of tell when like the human race is doing the right thing. Um, because think about the civil rights wars. Um, think about, you know, um, the, the Boston tea party. Like, I mean, there was, you know, anytime that something big is about to happen, there's a lot of resistance before it happens. Absolutely. Yeah. I think hopefully we're in, in the history books and, and, and for a good reason, I hope our generation is one that can finally get some stuff out, out of, you know, out of the world that needs to be out. I think there's a lot of closed mind negative um, things, but it's because before us, there was not a lot of networking. You knew your hometown and the people that live next to you. Um, right. Everything else was born. Yeah. Unknown. Yeah. We have no excuse because we have like right now I can get on my phone and, and research anything that I don't know. And so there's no excuse to be, you know, narrow minded on things anymore. It really isn't. Um, I think I agree. to die on the hill is lazy. Yeah. Yep. Just to be like, this is the way it's always been done has never, nothing good has ever come out of that statement. No. So No. Whether it be music or whether it be art or whatever, I hope it doesn't take another mass murder, another horrible event where people lose their lives for us to change. I hope, you know, we kind of... You know, the hippie movement was kind of a cool thing because for the first time in a long time, I think people were like, 
fed up with with just hate you know they were just like man we're gonna do the exact opposite of that and just love everyone and i think there is something beautiful that came from that you know yeah i you know it's all those cliche things man it's like you know when someone passes and all of a sudden it's like god i it all seems so trivial bullshit that we Mm -hmm. fought over and you know god like you know uh you know some girl when we were in 10th grade and then we never talked and now you're gone and I wish yeah. I could you know you, you don't want it to take that I don't you, you don't want it to take some giant bomb to go off yeah. to, to make everyone who survived it want to do better you know and uh, man I'm just I'm really like I, I feel really grateful that you know that I, I don't know that I could make a song and meet someone like you and have this conversation like that is truly what music is all about that's what life is all about and like man i just feel like um feel like you know you and i could sit down and have fucking waffles any day of the week yeah, bro we could yeah. have these conversations off air and on air and whatever man i'm yeah feeling don't, real great. don't tempt me with a good time man <laughs> <laughs> and i i uh it's kind of my thing i tempt people with the yeah. good time so uh, I'm like <laughs> well um I am forever grateful that you came on. I um, I'm excited. I think that um, this is a great. It's going to be a great episode. Um, I think our listeners are really going to enjoy it. There's um, good man. I feel like you got a good group, and I hope they enjoy it. And you know, yeah. well, that's you know our moniker. I mean, other than we talk to interesting people about interesting things, we always say everyone has a story. You know, we believe mm-hmm. that wholeheartedly, and this just happens to be yours. And at this moment. And it will change as, you know, time goes. You release new music, you're going to be in a different headspace. Um, but right now, this is a little slice of life of you, and we've documented it. And, you know, as long as servers are up and, you know, we still have electricity, uh, it'll live on man. forever, man. So I appreciate it. Love it. I'm in your corner, man. I, uh, you know, uh, I love what I love what you're doing. Like I said, it's just, it's just good stuff, man. The world needs more of it. It's good vibes, less stress. Yeah. I, I love it. Well, more uh, waffles. Yeah, I was going to say, well, um, you know, breakfast is kind of like always been something that's brought people together, I think. Um, I love it, yeah. You know, you think of dinner and you think of like going to dinner with your um, your girlfriend's parents or like. Um, yeah, the family dinner where you're like, ah, oh, yeah, or, or like Thanksgiving where it's just kind of uh, tense because, you know, old racist grandma is sitting at the edge of the, end of the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but breakfast Some is usually shit. like heartfelt nostalgia, you know. Even people that don't yeah. eat breakfast, I think, still have kind of like a warm feeling when they think of like a stack of waffles or pancakes and, and sitting around talking yeah. over coffee. So that was kind of the Not, whole point of the theme. This was, uh, it was a nice break. Like, I mean, this week has been absolutely insane. Ever since I dropped Magnificent, things have just been moving quite yeah. quicker, which is like, obviously, I'm so grateful, dude. It's just been uh, an emotional roller coaster of just like amazing people and, you know, new things happening and, uh, you know, old friends reaching out and, you know, there's a bunch of weird shit happening. And it's just like, uh, this was a this was a good break, man. I needed this shit, so yeah. I appreciate it for real. Well, you definitely deserve, you know, eighteen thousand times more um, love than you're getting on all your stuff. But I, I do, 
I do think it's in, imminent. Like, I think it's just a matter of time because your, your music is poetry. Like, it really is. Like, the way you, um, like, deliver your uh, lyrics is Thank very you. poetic. And I, I do, like, I, when I was listening the first time, I was thinking, man, I wonder if this guy has, like, slam poetry background or something because the way you, you know, yeah. the cadence and everything, <laughs> it was just, it's very, yeah. it's very artistic. And um, I actually, I actually tried to get into that at the slam poetry thing in yeah. in uh, Chicago, and I just felt very unwelcome. So yeah. I went, you know what, maybe not. But I did. I went to I went to college for poetry, and basically, my teacher was like, "Did you play music? Right? Like, yeah. just put it in there." He's yeah. like, "Dude, there's no, there's no living in poetry." And I was just like, 19 years old, just like lost in life, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I gonna do with this now?" <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, it all it all started to form a sound, and man, like like I said, the fact that it reached someone like you, just someone I would, yeah. you know, grab grab dinner, breakfast, whatever with any any day of the week is like that's that's what it's all about, man. It's fucking yeah. cool. Well, I appreciate the support. We I'm definitely want to have like a um. Eventually, I think maybe next year. I, I'm trying not to say that anymore because it's very easy to fall into a uh, very trap. Uh, very much a trap eventually Maybe next or, year. or uh you know i'll get to it i, I try not to do yeah. that because um here lately we've been hammering out everything that we've wanted to do and it's kind of coming together finally but um we were going to do it this summer but covid kind of has made it to where i don't think we have the time that we needed but next summer i want to try to have like some kind of benefit concert or something and uh here in paul's valley called rock the valley um We've already got, oh, sweet. we've got that name hammered out and everything. And, um, I want to have bands that we've had on the show. Uh, I think it'll mean more that way. And then Absolutely. do a podcast on the stage, you know, like, uh, it, it live cool. with some guests that we've had on. I think it would be just a real fun trip. And, uh, I so, love that, man. Make it, make it, make it real. Yeah. Please. I'll be there. Yeah. I was going to say, so real. you're more than welcome to come and, you know, rock out or whatever. And we'll, we'll definitely have a good time. Uh, when we get kind of yeah, the details hammered out and logistics, I'll definitely reach out. But uh, that's yeah, something to kind of touch, be excited uh, for. We'll, we'll keep in touch. I want to uh, get in touch with you about the book. And, we'll, yeah. dude, we'll keep in touch for sure. Let's yeah. make it happen. Well, I do have a couple of listener questions if you have just a moment left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have uh, – I got like 10 more minutes. Okay. All so, right. Um, yeah, I know no rush. I would love that. Yeah. Well, one of them – is um uh who who influenced you most growing up i guess musically is what they're asking growing up oh boy growing up i probably i mean i could tell you that will smith and jazzy jeff was my first (laughs) cd i or uh, my first tape i ever bought sorry that's the one he admits to the real one was uh oops i did it again by britney spears (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was one i had under my will smith make it look cool. um but no i mean um you know i it's weird i never like had a super like heavy musical i mean i just liked so much stuff it was i never like really looked up to like any other musicians i just liked a lot of shit I just yeah. liked so much stuff and you know i, I love motown i love uh i love I love everything. Like, it's so weird, dude. I, you know, I'm the guy that puts on like, uh, what a, 
you know, what a wonderful world at a, at a party where they're playing like bangers. And then I, someone gives me the aux cord and I'm like, Oh, let's listen to Frank Sinatra. That's life. Yeah. Or, you know, let's listen to it's just, um, so it's kind of all over Cook. the place. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I love Sam Cook. I love Sam Cook to death. Um, I mean, BB King, rest in peace. Uh, you know, I grew up on a lot of my parents, Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started, bro. I'll, no, boy. Jagged little pill front to yeah. back every time. Yeah, Alanis, every time. if you're listening, uh, please come on the show. <laughs> yeah, please come on the show. And uh, and then, you know, you can give her my contact yeah. information. No problem. Just feel free. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that would yeah, be tricky, yeah, though. But... Not to interrupt you, but like an Alanis <laughs> uh, scuff, like a uh, joint album. There we go. Dude, I would, I would die a happy man. I'm dead serious. <laughs> she's one of those. She's one of those. She's a woman in history for me, man. She's a badass woman in history uh, for me. I love her. I don't know how she got some of her stuff on the air because it was. She was like the first cuss word I remember hearing on like just. Dude, she was air. raunchy, man. She didn't yeah. give a fuck. She loved it. Yeah. So yeah, I, hopefully that answers their question. Uh, just like a lot of shit, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one says, um, "Sorry to hear about your father, um, but I just wanted to say thank you for speaking out on loss. Um, it really means a lot to me. I just recently lost my grandma, and oh. knowing that other people are out there feeling the same way I do makes me feel less alone." And her name is Anise. Oh, man. Well, Anise, I'm sorry. That is, uh, man. See, that's the shit right there. You're going to make <laughs> me cry. Uh-huh. Um, we try no, to do like, it at least once. Usually it's because, you know, hearing my voice and, and how boring the, <laughs> the questions my ears. are. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that, I mean, that, dude, that makes it all worth it. And, you know, uh, God, I'm sending lots of love your way, and uh, shit is not easy. I hate, like, it's the weirdest thing because I wrote it and it helped me so much, but it's like I wish nobody could relate, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, If you feel the song, I feel feel you and I hear you, and God, we could probably talk all day, and, you know, there's no... No good advice. There's nothing. It's just, uh, it's just truly like I feel you and thank you and do your best. Keep your head up and be good to yourself and the people around you and cherish, cherish life because you know it's not forever. Yeah, not to like promote another person that's coming on, but I, I am talking to a no, lady um, next month. She is, she now does like um grief um. Like, uh, she does Ted talks and stuff. Um, and, and her son had a traumatic brain injury and just, um, Mm kind of dealing with that and having to pull the plug on your own son. Like I can't imagine. And, um, you know, so, I mean, we like, we like to say, you know, here in the diner is that we wouldn't wish anything that we've experienced on anyone else, but we're, if you're there already, then, you know, here, here's a story or here's something that helped us get through. So I really hope that even if one person, like this person that reached out to us about you, um, that's insane. It caught me off guard. Yeah. Like when you said, I'm sorry about your dad. I was like, wait, 
this isn't live. So yeah. how did she know that? You know, and, and obviously, um, maybe she listens and, and if that's the case, I just, I'm very grateful and I hope that, you know, my music can help you through it. It helped me through it truly. So, yeah. And I hope that, um, if you're listening and you just know that, you know, here you're always welcome. And if you ever need to talk, uh, our email is diner discussions at gmail.com. Um, we will not judge anything you send us, you know, as far, unless it's like, you know, butt pics then, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but to be, Damn it, I gotta, <laughs> don't, don't look at that last email yeah, I sent yeah. you, bro. But definitely, you know, thanks for reaching for out. That was being super vulnerable. And I know it takes Absolutely. a lot to, to talk to people about things like that. Um, but don't, don't let that define you. I know that sounds really cheesy, but you are not the people you've lost. You're kind of amalgam amalgamation of all the memories, hopes, dreams that you have. But I had to find out the hard way and not to take up any more of your time. But my sister, I promised her I was going to win state. Uh, she was, we were about to play basketball. It was in October. And so I promised her and made this like, I, you know, I don't, I don't like to go back on my promises, especially to her. I would only tell her, I promise if I thought I could finish it. Um, well, I got hurt in the wreck, and so I wasn't able to play at 100%. Um, I had a huge, um, um, like, swelling area on my leg, and it um, it stretched out, and there was a pocket between my skin and my muscle. And so it gave me shin splints. Um, it was really hard to put pressure and weight on, but I still tried to play. Um, and we lost in state, like, in the state playoffs, and so... I I think we were one game away from like going to the big house or whatever, and I felt like I let her down. And for years, like that really ate me up until I forgave myself and realized that she would just want me happy. And that's what you need to you know think of if you're listening, um, is that the person that you make promises to, the person that you know you you're trying to like live for. They're, yeah. they're, they just want you to be okay. You know, they're, you know, if they knew that they were making you miserable by them dying, that would have, you know, been horrible to them. So, so try to live that, it, that life, you know, to the best of your ability and not worry about that. And, and it takes a lot. I mean, there's a lot of guilt that comes with people's death, like you said. So if you can just keep those things yeah. in mind, hopefully no, it'll help you. That's incredible advice, man, and much love, much love. That is, yeah, I appreciate you being vulnerable with that. Well, the last it. question is a little more lighthearted, but it's one we ask all of our listeners, <laughs> and it's, um, what's your favorite breakfast food? Oh, God. Probably, like, a bagel sandwich with, uh, like, a little cream cheese, maybe... Uh, some bacon, maybe like a little, mm, maybe a little lettuce. Not too much though. Yeah, probably like the breakfast sandwich, man. That's what I've been. I've been slamming those every morning. Uh, waffles, uh, chicken and waffles. That's all day for me. Yeah, all day. That's, so yeah, I gotta go with it, man. <laughs> yeah, chicken and waffles, man. That's slaps. Yeah. It's incredible. I wish I would have discovered it sooner in my life, but you know, I'll definitely <laughs> make up for it. I'm sure. 
Yeah, I'm positive we will, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being on. It was a joy. Like I said, you're welcome back anytime. I'd love Dude. to have you on again uh, for a part two. Um, we probably Absolutely. Could I would talk love that. forever, but uh, <laughs> I hope that's you know a good thing. I feel the same. Yeah, I feel the same. Believe me, if I didn't have a call in 15, I have a call in 15 minutes, yeah. and I am uh, not prepared for it whatsoever. Yeah. Totally not as cool as this. <laughs> I would have, I would have traded it out for. For, for anything but uh man it's been awesome i do appreciate it it's uh, amazing well where um can people find you what um socials do you want to shout out oh shit well i gotta shout out the tiktok because that's where everybody's showing me love and uh i feel like you know i'm not on there doing a bunch of trends and stuff i'm just doing me so if you want to come along for the ride that's cool um i have a ton of youtube videos everything is under scuff mixon s-k-u-f-f M I C K S U N, um, Instagram, Spotify, Apple music, iTunes everywhere, man. I try to, I try to put it absolutely anywhere and everywhere in hopes that beautiful people will find it and enjoy it and connect with it. And that's what, that's what the fuck it's all about. So come hang out. Yeah. Well, um, (laughs) we, we hope you have an amazing day and, uh, thanks for stopping by. You as well, man. Thanks for everything. Much love to you guys. Take it easy, buddy. Yeah, it's uh it's a completely completely different feeling being back home now and, and being in a better headspace and, and actually wanting to be here and being a little more stable and um it's just cool. I wanna do something cool in my hometown before I move. Yeah. So you just heard Scuff Mixon. Um, what a dude, man. Like, uh, I have loved his music. I, I've been constantly listening to it until I discovered it. I know I say that about a lot of people. Um, and I've shown a lot of people. I actually sent out his video to a whole bunch of people. So if you got that, thank you so much for listening. Um, not only does it, you know, help my pride for you opening my email or my message, but also it helps them out. Every view counts. I know that firsthand. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. I apologize for the last episodes being really long, but I feel like they've been good. So we left them long. They're not edited down into 30 minute little chunks. I understand that a lot of your attention is not going to be there. Um, But for the people that are listening to this, I'm sure you enjoyed every minute, and I'm glad you're here. So go check us out on all of our socials. Uh, Discord is popping right now, so please you know, come hang out. Uh, the link to Discord is on our Facebook. But most of all, thank you for being you. We love you guys so much. You're always welcome in the diner. We'll see you next time.